0: So what should we talk about?
1: I need to attend.
2: <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'm interested in the the inner winds and um, how they you know, move me around. best way to to work with that why why they're doing that Hmm? and why they're doing that
0: why they're doing that why they're moving you around
2: yeah
0: well it's uh it's fairly common not everybody experiences it uh Most people do experience the feeling of energy currents and vibrations, you know, more in terms of sensation. But a a pretty, from what I can tell, a pretty sizable percentage of people do experience uh, really strong, continuous body movements like you tend to have. And everyone has some kind of movement, even if it's just, you know, probably the most, uh, the, the simplest form they take is usually some sort of twitching movements of the extremities, or sometimes it would be like ticks of the facial muscles, or just a, just a rocking motion, you know, or a rocking or kind of a circular motion, but it can become really strong and continuous and, and jerky. <clears throat> It's the whole phenomenon of the uh, experience of energy movement and the sensations associated with it, and then the bodily movements is something that is it's treated really differently by different, you know, in different traditions and by different teachers. and there's a lot of storytelling around it you know so you'll you'll get a lot of if, if you were to ask your question to different people you'd probably get a, a, a few very different sorts of explanations and sometimes they're very complicated um, you remember I talked to you before about the sensations and the kind of uh, advice that I give to people when they're having really strong energy feeling of energy currents and blockages and things like that we, we talked about that one day not too long ago Maybe. well it's a uh, it, it comes out of my understanding Based on, on on my experience, and on the experience of people that I'm working with, my interpretation is that this thing that we that we call energy, uh, uh, chi, or, or inner winds, or uh, all these things, the different names given to them, that, it's it it, it's an expression of the connection between the mind and the body and maybe in in the most fundamental sense it's an expression of the way in which the body is really generated by the mind and so the when we get into uh, when we get more and more into meditation and t- into calming the mind, and um, this is connected to another thing, is the, the mind, as you heard me say many times, is, is a lot of different processes that you are know, taking place simultaneously that we sort of think is one thing, but it's not. It's a, it's, a, it's a collection of different things. And part of what's happening as our meditation practice deepens is a unification of the mind, a drawing together of all these different processes so they start to function more and more in alignment with each other. And what always seems to be a part of that is this uh, this experience of the the body as a form of energy that's constantly moving and what seems to me is that the in the process of meditation when the different when you when you start to unify the mind all these different processes start functioning more in unison it's like they uh, there's an additive effect, and it's as though this the energy increases in its intensity. It's like there's just so much more of it than there was before. And it seems to move through particular channels. I mean, that's the way we experience it people describe it in a lot of different ways, but it's really, you know, it's as though there's all this energy that's trying to move through very specific channels. And there's a factor of whether the channel is adequate to accommodate the amount of energy that's flowing through it. And then there's a factor of obstructions, uh, blockages in so that at certain points the energy doesn't seem to be able to move freely and there also seems to be certain imbalances that people start off with where where energy tends to move in particular ways and not in others rather than a more uniform uh, way through, through all of the different channels that are there for it to move through? As the energy becomes more intense, uh, people become aware of it and they feel it, and it manifests in. It feels like vibrations. It feels like electricity. Feels like pins and needles on the skin it feels like shivers and and the hair standing on end and this is this is usually shortly after they become aware of it they start to become aware of it in in this form of these these unusual sensations and um, they can sometimes be very very strong a lot of variation Um, and sometimes they can the the range can be from very very pleasant to very unpleasant and it's as though and I think you have to keep in mind everything we say about this is we're using material world metaphors to describe something that Is, isn't really very clearly and easily understood. It's as though the energy builds up more quickly than the uh, body-mind complex where where the channels that it moves through more quickly than those channels can expand or adapt or open up. And so it, it's as though You've got a whole lot of energy moving through a system of channels that aren't really quite ready to accommodate that much energy, and so that's why the the strong sensations come up. And then when they encounter obstructions, people often experience uh, pain, discomfort, certain things like that, and the movements and. Once again, this is kind of my, my way of uh, interpreting it and, and my metaphor for it. It seems that uh, when the energy that's been generated can't be contained within the channels, either because they're just not open enough or because there's some obstruction there, it often tends to overflow. And when it overflows those channels, you get a lot of really strong movements. Of different kinds so you can get the really subtle movements and uh, and the what seems to me is there, there's two ends of a spectrum there's the movements that are the little fine twitches in the hands things like that and the face and that's sort of one end of the spectrum and then the other end of the spectrum is a there's a really large body movement like a whole body rocks back and forth but sometimes when it's really intense and when it goes on for a long time it'll spread and it'll start to be, you know, there'll be all kinds of movements that are generated including things like producing lots of saliva or lots of tears or a nose running or, you know, sweating things like that. also There seems to be, in my experience, uh, two distinct patterns of movement of that energy. One is from the core of the body to the periphery and back, moving in and out, as if you know something's coming from about right here and flows out to your fingertips and, and back, and down to your toes and back, and to the tip of. You know, on the surface of the body, the ears and the head and things like that, and back. And then there's another major energy flow, which is right through the core of the body, and it's from the base of the spine right up to the crown chakra and, and back down. So it's like this, it's as if there's two different energy systems. I mean, sometimes uh, they'll be so distinct and, and, and separate uh, that. It's almost as though they're not even connected, but they, they definitely they definitely are. And what in my experience and that of a number of other people's is if you experience those energy movements first predominantly from the core of the body to the periphery, so that if you start to have that experience with every in and out breath, you just you feel as if that energy is moving back and forth, it's just flowing from your center. To, to out to the periphery of your body and it just sort of fills it and expands it and then it comes back again like a wave and if you can if you come to a place where uh, you're you're very often aware of it even when you're not meditating and you're very clearly aware of it and you can follow that movement then later on when strong movements up and down deep in the core, of your body start to take place, they tend to go much more smoothly and easily. Whereas, it seems that those people who the first energy movements that they become aware of is they feel like you know electricity going up their spine, or they'll feel like, uh, or, or, or the, the pins and needles, or goosebumps, or things like that. But it tends to be going up towards their head. You know, if that's if that's the first way they start experiencing energy, and they really haven't felt that that center center to periphery movement, then they very often are the ones that have really strong sensations. They often become unpleasant. and They have a lot of movement associated with them. They seem. What's the significance of them? They seem to be a, a, a necessary phase that your mind body complex goes through in the mental purification that is associated with developing strong concentration. And uh they seem to be very directly associated with the development of physical pliancy, which the, the mildest state of physical pliancy is just a feeling of real stillness and, and comfort, and uh, which, uh, as it develops further, uh, becomes a, a rather unusual way of experiencing your body um, often the body seems very light often the body seems empty in the sense of being like a hollow shell it's just like the out, out line of your body is all there is it's empty inside and then at at some point the predominant sensation of the body is just, it's, it's, it's a pleasant sensation. The whole body seems very, just, it's just a source of pleasant sensation. And that often corresponds to the experience a person will have a, the energy just freely moving up to their head, to their crown chakra, and then descending and just in a wave of, of pleasure spreading over their body right to the Absolute tips to the furthest parts of, of their body, and that's the full development of met, mental pliance I mean, physical pliancy and the bliss of physical pliancy, where uh, and and the the pleasurable feelings will subside, so they're they're not such a a focus or a distraction, uh, but there there is this still this feeling of, of, of pleasure and pleasantness that's there even though it's more subtle and that's what makes it really really easy to uh, and wonderful to sit for long periods of time it's like uh, here's your body it's all taken care of and now you can just kind of ignore it it can be this <laughs> this vacuous pleasantness that that uh, serves as a as a as the basis for the mind and the continuation of the practice so the sensations in the movement are to do with the progress of concentration and the development of the physical pliancy that's a very very important part of the whole process Uh, with both the sensations and the movements, I usually suggest to people that, as much as possible, you know, as as long as it's reasonably possible to do so, that they just ignore them and leave them be and let them develop on their own and eventually go away. And they do; they do go away. Uh, people, even people that went through a period of having really strong body movements they come to a point where they'll sit down to meditate and as their concentration develops you know they might they might experience just a very short period of a little bit of rocking or twitching or something like that and, and then the body becomes very very still kind of like when you sit down to meditate and you know your mind at first uh, it, it kind of needs to work its way through the letting go of the sort of ag- agitation that's associated with ordinary being in the world, and then the mind becomes really still, and the body kind of goes through the same stages. So Now, I, and I'll, I'll say that there are, there are in traditions that I know a little bit about, but not very much, uh, a lot of different ways of dealing with the, with the energy, with the sensations and the movements, and with the inner winds. Uh, the pranayama is specifically—it's about dealing with that. Prana means the word prana refers to that energy, and uh, the the uh, energy yogas, the, the kriya yogas, work with the prana very deliberately, and uh, I think in the uh, in the Tibetan practices of inner winds, I think they're very, very similar probably have their origins in, in those yogic practices. So, uh, and of course, in uh, in kundalini yoga, there's a lot of very deliberate working with that. But I don't know too much about that. All that I know about this is from what I've experienced and from what people go through doing practices that really... Aren't intended to have a lot to do with <laughs> the uh, energy, inner, inner winds and the inner energy currents and so forth, but they they are definitely something that, whether they're given a lot of attention or a little attention, that they're uh, they're always a part of the, the the process of the full development of samatha. And as such, they're, they're an important marker stage. Uh, other things that are associated with the bodily sensations and movements are the inner sound that uh, uh, many people experience, and that when it arises sometimes can be taken as a meditation object. And uh, even more common is the, the experience of illumination. You know, eyes are closed, but. It often starts off as a small spot or an orb, or sometimes flashes of light, but more often an orb that will expand and contract, and eventually reach a point where there's the all-pervading light that seems to come from everywhere at once, or to come from within. And and even though your eyes are closed and there's no longer uh, any specific uh, spatial... uh, experience of a uh, visual experience in the normal sense it's as though you're in a very large very open space you know you're in an area a completely different world just behind your eyelids and that world is saturated with light so that's often associated with it and less frequently people experience the the nectar uh, the sweet taste that arises in the mouth and will smell uh, uh, fragrance of, of flowers or roses or incense or things like that that they know aren't actually present in the room so you see it's involving all of the five senses or at least potentially can involve all of all five of the bodily senses and uh, bodily movement and uh, not just the the motor functions of the muscles but can also the the actions that the body produces uh, by which the body produces its various fluids of, of tears and saliva, and so on and so forth.
2: I wonder if, it, uh, when the uh, when the holy rollers are, are doing their thing, if that's part of it for the I... the shaman, the the one that dances, you know, in Tibet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: I've forgotten what they call him, but
1: the, Oracle.
2: the what? Oracle. The Oracle.
0: The Oracle, yeah.
2: yeah. If that must in must be a, uh... Uh,
0: it would seem to me very, very likely. And and the uh, things like Sufi dancing, I think. Oh yeah. And and of course practices like qigong. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. All, all of these <laughs>
2: Yeah, Sufi dancing, for sure. I, I, I remember one time doing Sufi dancing and hurling and having my head disappear. Mm-hmm. I couldn't feel my head anywhere. You know, I just felt my body moving, but my head was gone. <laughs> it was just like my head just disappeared. It was a wonderful feeling, yeah. actually.
0: But yeah it's so there's there's different views on it and different ways of working with it and, and different traditions but in the strictly meditative tradition it's primarily just something that you that, that happens and you get through and it's positive and it's uh, it's an indication of, uh, of of real progress in the meditation and and it, uh, uh, heralds the, the development of really strong physical and mental pliancy and the rising of, of joy and equanimity uh, usually not too long after at the same time it's sort of a uh, it's something that you have to get through and that you, you can get stuck on now if if just letting it be and ignoring it as much as you can isn't successful then uh, I usually suggest to people that they that they try to work with it in one way or another and uh, as much as possible continuing their practice of, uh, of concentration and awareness but just using these phenomena as as alternative meditation objects, and as objects of investigation, um, a lot of the same things that uh, that people experience with apply. Of focusing the attention on pain during meditation, will apply to these uh, sensations uh, and sometimes the movements that accompany them. Which is that. When you first direct your attention to them, it seems to intensify them, but after a little bit, you manage to become very much an observer and dissociate from them. And then, uh, sometimes at that point, they'll lose their disturbing quality and you can just continue on with your practice. Uh, Sometimes they'll disappear entirely. Other times, you you might uh, spend a lot of time meditating on... The bodily sensations that you're experiencing and the movements that occur in association with them. If it seems as though there's specific locations in your body that are uh, that represent blockages to the energy of the movement, then you can use the principle of uh, that this energy follows awareness, and so. If you, which means if you place your awareness somewhere and uh, uh, search really carefully for the energy, then the energy shows up there. And the more you do that, the stronger that it becomes. And so in this way, uh, you, can, uh, you can diffuse the energy by directing it away from a place where there's a particularly strong block. Sometimes you can lead the energy through the block by uh, directing your attention beyond the point where the blockage is and just basically drawing the energy through there and the other thing about it is it seems like when you can get the energy to flow to begin to flow through a place where there's a block it clears up the block it cleans it up or where there's a constriction or a narrowness so if, if you can... Uh, if you have any success with doing that, like if you feel like there's a block uh, in, in the neck area, for example, and so you put your attention on feeling feeling the energy moving uh, over your scalp and your ears and things like that, and sometimes that can, uh, that can just pull the energy right through that block, and as it begins to flow, that block will disappear. But I'm not an expert on this. In my own personal experience, I didn't have to deal with a whole lot of movement, just minimal kinds of things. And interesting sensations from time to time, but not any of the real difficult, uncomfortable ones that some people have. And I haven't received... Really, the only teaching that I ever received about uh, sensations and movement was just basically blown off. It's not important. Ignore it. You just ignore it, and I guess that's still the the sort of core thing that I say. But but in working with people, I, I've realized that you know you, there a lot of people that's that's not helpful at all to just tell them it's not important and ignore it because they're really strong, they're really intense, uh, really disturbing, sometimes really uncomfortable. But then, on the other hand, I've seen quite a few people be able to uh, get past that point, and it's always, it's always quite wonderful when they do. You know, uh, somebody is having a lot of problem with uh, strong bodily sensations and, and movements. When they begin to have some success in dealing with them, and they start to clear up, then immediately they start to have much. Much better meditations, really stronger concentration, uh, a lot of clarity. So that's the positive side of it. <laughs> and a few times, I have felt really frustrated by my inability to to know what to do to help somebody okay, with some of the things that you've gone through that definitely is, uh, is true of that.
2: Well, I didn't get nauseous today anyway. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that, and that was the worst thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it seems to me that over the last few months, you, uh, you've had maybe less frequency of, of these difficult things, and more so, more times when you've been able to to deal with them more effectively or they've been but this is wonderful you don't have the nausea yeah that's and, a big and when you don't have the nausea do you also not have the feeling of pressure in your head
2: in the pressure in my head I feel the pressure more in my in your chest. Chest. in your chest, in your chest, my chest, and sometimes in my throat.
0: In your throat. Mm-hmm.
2: But um, it it has changed a little. You know, it's mm-hmm. been a long time that I've been doing these things, mm-hmm. and and they really began through mm-hmm. the through the tantric uh, meditations.
0: Mm-hmm. They really began
2: from doing tantric meditations.
0: Uh, were they meditations involving?
2: Uh, were meditations involving the central channel.
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that did not surprise me. Yeah. So.
2: But I like the idea that you said of doing more general, mm-hmm. out into the body and back.
0: Yeah.
2: And that might make the other work better.
0: Have you had that experience at all, or very much, of uh, the the being able to feel the energy moving in and out?
2: It, it it hasn't been as easy. I've just, I mean, I never thought about doing it before until you mentioned it. I think a few times ago or so, and in in my later meditations, I've been. Um, Concentrating on feeling uh, like my whole body is moving in and out, mm-hmm. and today, like I was telling you, I think I felt very successful at feeling that I was. It was just a pile of flesh and bones mm-hmm. sitting here on the cushion, and and uh, and there were times when I couldn't feel anything in my arm, like it wasn't even there, and, you know. But then when I was having that. Uh, Heart, be, just before I did all the moving and everything, as I told you, I felt like my body was very heavy and very dense and very contracted, and mm-hmm. that was what felt really uncomfortable. Plus, my back hurting like everything. Yeah. And uh, but then when I started moving, that mm-hmm. that was alleviated.
0: Yeah, the movement really—you know—it it does seem to be a release and. Like I say, it, 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 it's a way to let that energy dissipate sort of or, or dissipate. Yeah, overflow its boundaries. Not be in just one place. Right. and and so I don't ever tell anybody to try to stop the movement. No. Just let it. Just let it happen. But I also say, don't don't get caught up in making it happen too, because you can do that. You know, you kind of get so used to rocking that. As soon as you sit down, you say, "Okay, it's time to rock. <laughs> Let's rock." So you know you you want to be able to let it happen, but you also want to let it be able to cease to happen when it doesn't need to anymore. That's all. But go ahead and uh, you know allow the the. The uh, movement to dissipate that energy and make it easier to deal with. But as far as uh, as as far as the, uh, the in out sensations, I really have found that to be the most versatile and effective way uh, of uh, people being able to deal with the energy more easily. And maybe the reason that I never had too much of that problem was doing a lot of the practice of. Experiencing the whole body with the breath, where what you're doing is instead of focusing your attention on the tip of your nose, the rise and fall of your abdomen, you're feeling the whole body, you know, and, and that's what you feel. You, you, you breathe in and you just feel the energy moving to every part of the body and then coming back again to the center. So you're, you have that whole body awareness. And uh, it comes about, you know, if you. Of course, if you ex- explore your body while you're breathing, you'll find that the large obvious movement in your abdomen, not quite such strong movement in your chest gets pretty subtle up by your shoulders. Sometimes you can feel the m- actual physical movement of the breathing, uh, you know, like in your upper arms if they're resting near your ribcage. and you know there's, there's, there's probably just microscopic movement taking place in your body. But as you direct your attention to your hands or your feet or your knees, um, any movement, any physical movement that's taking place there, uh, if there is any at all, it's, it's so minuscule that you're not going to feel it. But in the process of your awareness going there and searching for any any sensation that might be being produced by the breath. The mind just naturally becomes aware of the energy movement, and then once that's established, once you start to, when, when, once you are start to actually feel the energy in the uh, different parts of your body, then as you expand that, then your whole body becomes the, the meditation object for doing breath meditation. You Just feel the energy moving in your whole body, and it's a, it's that's the core to periphery and back movement. So you might try that if you. Um, I have been. You have been? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do, just if Brian, what, what
1: experience have I have very little. Uh, my only experiences are, are not particularly in meditation, uh, they're outside of meditation when I'm. when I'm in a disharmonious situation, usually when I'm trying to go to sleep, and I, I have a right leg oh. that uh, has the... <laughs> so, I like uh, trying to sleep on an aeroplane, Oh, that's a, a classic situation where I, I feel totally disharmonious with my environment, and then that happens. Or when I'm sleeping next to somebody who and there's, the, uh, the energy is not harmonious, then I have this right leg thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's my only real, in terms of full-on jerks, I don't really get, uh, I haven't had any so far, anyway. Sweats or tingles or particularly strong jerks, so I don't
0: really know. Well, that's just the way that some people have, I <laughs> just don't ever have any yeah. <laughs> like that, and others it's very intense for.
2: Well, I see various people at Diamond Mountain. You probably be doing this. There's
1: a whole course of them at Diamond Mountain. Right? Yeah,
2: and it's that's what I, how I started. Get everybody to just. And it's it down. it's so much connected to thought. The minute I think something. Uh, I can't always tell what it is, but it's a sp- spiritual kinds of thoughts, and I'll, you know, it'll just mm-hmm. go like that. And and then for a while ago, I was yipping too at the same yeah, time. Yeah, right. I'm not doing that so much
0: anymore. And I always found that really quite charming. <laughs>
2: I think my lamp <laughs> partners are tired of it. <laughs> Sometimes it comes out pretty loud, <laughs> and startled. Well, thanks. I think that's. I,
0: as, as you know, i said this before. I, how much I, I wish I knew something more, you know, <laughs> more Im- immediately useful that I could give you, but. Uh, I do, I, I do think that that just becoming aware of those of the that more peripheral energy movement will help a little familiarize it makes you. Makes sense with to it. me.
1: Yeah.
0: So because you you know and you're you're kind of uh, I could say a. a, a, a classic case or a really good example of, of a person who experiences the energy rising up the spine and has has the struggles and difficulties with it to so, be really really worthwhile to at least give a try for developing that other awareness you see if, if you if you place your attention uh, and, and start off, you know, uh, it, it may be a lot to start off trying to be aware of your whole body at the same time. Or it may not. You decide. But if it seems like it is, you can just start with your hands. Good place to start with your hands. Uh, and, and then and then your feet. And just meditate on the sensations in your hands. Uh Always watching to see if there are any of them that are changing as you inhale and exhale, in in the way that the sensations change at the abdomen or at the nose as you inhale and exhale, and then any time that you find any, try try to try to keep following those until they become clearer and clearer and stronger. You know, it's uh, I it, it's for me right here while I'm talking to you. You know, I can feel it. I can. I can feel the energy movement.
2: (laughs) Well, we should be aware of it all the time, right?
0: You certainly can be. You know, uh, you certainly can be. Uh, How's your back been since we talked earlier?
2: It's not bad.
0: It's not bad? It's...
2: it's, uh it really isn't hurting at all. It's, it's. Okay. I can see it's a little bit. It's a little bit stiff, but yeah. it's not really hurting.
0: I'll do what you can, just mechanically to keep from well, putting I did on a sit in
2: that chair over there. At the at the yeah, late good. afternoon sit. I did. sat in there. Yeah. That chair holds you back pretty mm-hmm. straight.
1: Just on that uh, on that topic, it's not a major issue, but it, it did happen today, and, it, and it, this is the second time it's ever happened. And uh, the other time was in in a, in a retreat, and um, I have a like a like a burning uh, come up, and it, uh, today was very obvious. It starts from somewhere down here, uh, and it uh, comes up. And um, then it feels almost like a cough, but it isn't. And then it comes up, and then there's a, a burning sensation in the right side. So I have, like, it makes my, today, with my right eye in T, and it, it kind of comes out, and then comes out the nose like a burning. Mm-hmm. And um, when it happened, this was this, this like a, A year or so, over a year ago, I ended up with uh, like a little blisters or sores coming down from my Mm. nose to my lip, and uh, both times it was odd. It came up and it happened today, earlier today. But you know, I thought nothing of it because it was over in, in moved reasonably slowly over the course of a, a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and, uh, but then it was gone and there was no effect that happened afterwards. Or it didn't, you know, it just went right back to the normal meditation and didn't do anything. But uh, have you ever experienced anything like that? And, and have you any idea what that was? <laughs> or just a, just a weird phenomenon?
0: Uh, i haven't personally experienced anything like that but it, it's it's very reminiscent of exactly what we're talking about this this energy just rising a, yeah, and, just, and opening up a new channel that maybe hasn't been hasn't really been flowing through before okay. so um it's
1: not really a concern it just seem to yeah. be in the same ballpark. yeah just in case it was
0: it sounds to me like a, a, a minor example of the kind of thing that we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, minor in the sense that it just only takes a few minutes and it's over with and doesn't leave any... Oh, all, all the sores was an interesting thing. That's, yeah. you know, yeah.
1: There was a you know, physical mark between my nose and my legion. Mm-hmm. But not today? Not today, as far as I'm aware. I haven't looked in the mirror, but it doesn't feel like there's anything there. It's only happened twice, so it's, I don't think it's...
0: You know, I, uh, that would be my what, how I would be inclined to identify it, and certainly if it's not a problem, then it's just one of those things. There's a lot of those things that happen from time to time. <laughs>
2: Well, in that heat source that's near solar plexus, there's, you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It would be coming from there, that heat. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You really want it to happen. Sorry? You really want it to happen, don't you?
1: To have that, that heat. Oh, the tumor? Yeah. yeah. I hear it can be useful, but again, If we don't know how to use it, I suspect, it can be uncomfortable.
0: It can also be, unless you know what you're doing, it can also leave you devastated for several days.
2: (laughs) Or it can happen like, uh, what's his name that got paralyzed? Who? Uh, The man... That does the, puts out those films in, t- in Tucson. Uh,
0: oh, yes, right. What's his name? I know who you mean. I, I just talked um, to him yeah. the other day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He
0: had Sister this, Virginia was friends with him, and you know. Yeah, he had this kind experience, it? and
2: mm-hmm. it, it, it uh, did something to a nerve in his neck, and now he's only capable of using one finger. But he does all kinds of things. And his face is very young. He looks very, he doesn't look like a person. What I can't understand is he can't use his body at all. He has to be everything taken care of. He has to be lifted around. He has to do everything. He uses one finger for the computer. But his face looks young and vital, and his voice is young and vital. So you know, it's, it's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I can tell you right, about the energy and my well, suggestions. that so, sounds
2: fine to me.
0: Is there anything else that... Uh,
2: I don't have any other questions right
0: now. Or anything that you're interested in just exploring or asking... Or Thinking or talking or
1: hearing—it's not really a question. It's more of a quandary mm-hmm. that I have, and um, it's the um, the uh, separation from immersion that. Uh, seems to kind of be encouraged, and maybe I'm encouraging it myself, that uh, in, a, in a more reflective and certainly in, in a meditation, if there's a thought or an emotion come which uh, I decide isn't particularly helpful or is slightly disturbing in nature, mm-hmm. then there's a separation from it. Uh, And uh, then I'm concerned that I'm developing the quality of being emotionally cold.
0: Emotionally cold? Through uh,
1: being so habituated to separating from from the, the emotion or the thought that's arising. And don't necessarily see that as a good personal quality, but it does seem to be something um, that's developed in meditation. When you, you can see that that's something that's happening that isn't the essence of you, it's just something that the emotions or the mind is throwing up. And you watch it and don't really engage with it too much.
0: Well, for most thoughts and emotions, that's probably a good thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of my opinion, but but, uh, I'm concerned, you know, particularly going to visit family and stuff like that, and then when there's a delay in reaction, Mm -hmm. then they interpret that as being... Aloof. Aloof or emotionally cold. And, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know but like, in, repli- in reply, I, I mentioned people like Hafiz or something who, you know, had all this emotion which he was able to express so beautifully in poetry. Mm-hmm. Yet was also realised, I believe, to be a realised to some degree person, mm-hmm. and so it isn't the case that the capacity to be aware of your what's arising means that you become mm-hmm. cold.
0: Well, there's there's no need to. Uh, to break our connection to our emotions and to, and to cease to experience them. And, one, and and something that a person can do that's not really all that healthy is just to, to suppress or push away or dissociate themselves uh, from their emotions in, in a way that's a rejection. Um, and so you do want to guard against doing that. Um, to explain what I mean, you know how a gentle, loving parent can respond to the emotions of uh, a child, um, accepting, accepting the emotions but not reacting to them and responding to them but uh, so you know this kind of a parent with a child the child may manifest some some very selfish emotion or some anger or uh, throw a bit of a tantrum or Manifest a strong expression of of greed or unfairness in interaction uh, with somebody else, and so this kind of a parent then isn't isn't negating the uh, the emotion or the child. You know, just coming from a place. Well, yes, of course, children have these. Emotions, but at the same time, it's not a good emotion. It's not. It's not. You don't want to encourage the child in it. But you know, and you sort of treat yourself in the same way that your psyche, the cumulative whole that it is, uh, you know, until you have the purified mind of an arhat, it's going to produce all kinds of different emotions from time to time, and not all of them are. Things that you want to to uh, embrace fully, and a lot of thoughts. Thoughts come to mind that you know you'd rather not have that kind of thought. But if you can, if you can accept it with understanding, you know, in the same way the parent does the child's emotions. That you know, this is this is something that uh, I haven't quite purified my psyche of but you know I, I don't need to be concerned with it, either in a positive or negative way I can just let it go so that, like when you're meditating a thought comes up and very often we go through a stage in meditating where, where you know we're starting to get some skill and every time a thought comes up we quash it we push it away we you know, we make it stop the little inner voice starts to say something and we clamp it down clamp down on it then as we go along we get to the point where we realize that you don't have to do that you just you know you, you become aware of the thought and you just go back to the practice and the thought disappears by itself and that's really the place that you want to be with emotions and thought in your meditation Now, one of the things that does seem to happen with us is that uh, we start, uh, and I don't know if this is what you're referring to or not, but we start to have less in common with most people because the things that they like to talk about, we're no longer interested in, or the things that excite them and interest them. It's, uh, we're, you know. We've we've set those things aside a while back, and you know, and, and so, um, and then sometimes, in certain circumstances, sort of we have to play the game and go along with you know that sort of way people talk and, and, and interact. Is that the kind of thing that you're talking about there? Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think the the best thing and perhaps the only thing to do is to um, you know, and it's, it's something that I'm trying to learn to do and it's not as though I'm very good at it but it's trying to remember to come from a place of love and compassion for the being so, you know, sometimes how do you deal with somebody that uh, you, you, you're you're together with some people and they're uh, right into some really, they're right into this gossip, you know, the gossip thing, telling stories about uh, friends and neighbors. and stuff. What do you do? If you can get into a place of compassion for, you know, love and compassion for them, then it gives you a ground from which to interact. You don't need to engage in the gossip, but you can still respond to the people, and you can uh, emotionally and through your body language, and, and through your facial expression, and through whatever you do say, you can be there with them, you know. But just not wanting to engage in what they're doing, and wishing that they understood that it wasn't really good <laughs> to be doing it, but nonetheless loving them and being there with them just the same. Because yeah, I. I found, I found, with myself that, uh, you know, and I still find this. I, I find this with uh, my family. They say you, you you're you're just you're not nearly as interesting as you used to be. <laughs> you're not nearly as much fun to be around. And, you know, and I know that it's true. You know, I just I don't react emotionally to the same kinds of things and in social situations. You know yeah I'm just kind of aloof and <laughs> and genuinely not that interested uh, people start you know going on about politics and weather and things like that, and uh, there's a certain amount of interest there, but not at the same level that. And when people start talking about television shows, then it's just... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you're... If you, uh, I, it doesn't happen to me very often because I'm not in those kind of circumstances very often, but if you know what I mean, you, you're, you're sitting with people and somebody says, oh, did you see so-and-so on television last night? Yeah, and, and this is happening in that series. And it's like... <laughs> they're talking
2: about all the movie stars and all the, yeah. you know, they tell you the whole story of some movie. You don't know
0: anything about what they're talking about. You know. And they're obviously fascinated by it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's helpful, Brian. But yeah, genuinely, I think there. what happens to us is as we cease to be caught up in the same sorts of things uh, and the same and and, and no longer share quite the same basis for emotional interactions with other people we have to learn to adapt but uh, through becoming more emotionally warm rather than emotionally cold you know I I think think that's the only solution
2: it's such an incredible opportunity when it's your own family because that's when you're really put to the test,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah.
2: and uh, or, or people that you're associating with all the time of of not not judging them or seeing that you are judging them and and um, trying not to judge <laughs> trying not to judge them because they always know it. You know they can always feel it, but I, I think it's also an opportunity. You know, like you're saying, when people are talking, gossiping, 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 that you can be with this group. I mean, you know, you're there. You're going to be there for a couple hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're there in the place. You can either get very judgmental and withdraw completely from the whole thing, or you can you can feel. Uh you can feel it they're in that place, but then again you you've got to be sure that you don't look at them, and I'm better than you because mm-hmm. you know it's such a tricky thing to it, at least that this has been my experience of I've done it so many ways and uh and the one that I I don't like is is sitting there not speaking, because I'm judging, and or uh, sitting there and feeling well I'm above it all and you guys mm-hmm. just don't know what you're doing. And, you know it's it's tricky. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a test. Mm-hmm. It's
1: a teaching. Yeah. yeah, it's that you know that's. Uh, not really my, the thing that was bothering me, it's just the, the meditation technique. Yeah. Which, you know, I do He's every, away every single day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I worry that that training is developing an, uh, an, an emotional... Shutting down. Shutting down, uh-huh. which uh, is accidental. You know, I don't really feel that. I, When things go not so well in my life, my meditation is greatly disturbed.
0: (laughs) Your meditation, right? (laughs) It's
1: greatly disturbed. Mm -hmm. So, it's. I personally uh, don't think that that's happening, but it's been noted that there's kind of a. they can't provoke an immediate strong response. What <laughs> they were hoping for, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I don't think it's. But how do you means. feel
2: about that? You, I mean, what they said. Do you feel?
1: I think, it, well, I it think it's helped. I think it's. A, I personally think it's an, almost a positive thing to be able to check and see what's arising and, and e- either run with it or, or not. But, you know, I don't want it to, to uh, get into the place where everything goes into monotone. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's very good to be aware uh, of that as a possibility and something that you, you know, you want to avoid. Um, because, yeah, you know, it's about opening the heart, not closing the mind. So, mm. um, but it doesn't sound like it's really a problem, and it's really good to have that awareness. That, that's what will, will help to keep it from from being some sort of negative byway that uh, involves a rejection of emotions rather than just allowing them to come and go another thing that happens is as uh, as uh, desire and aversion diminish you it, it becomes you have to find a new basis for uh, steering <laughs> As you know really uh, it, it it it's it's kind of a difficult thing to to get used to, because we uh, we navigate, you know, on, on the basis of desire and aversion through the world and interactions and things like that. And that's that's another thing that uh, at at some point you're going to find yourself uh, having to uh, adapt to in your daily life, you know, because you 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 can. Uh, You can seem, at least for a while, to be uh, uh, just uninterested and and uncaring and unmotivated and uh, uh, just for the simple reason that you're not always grasping after something.
2: Yeah, you're definitely out of the swim.
0: Of the of the the ordinary life, Mm -hmm. but the uh, but there's but there's so much wonderful work to do that when you sort of orient yourself towards that, then that that sort of replaces everything else, you know. This is this is one of you know there are a number of things that don't often get discussed as part of the spiritual path, and these things uh, the uh, seeming uh, emotional aloofness or, or coldness or uh, uh, emotional apathy. This this is something that. Uh, It stand to have a forum, people communicating about it.
2: How to be in those situations and and be of value? For instance, if you're sitting in a, in, in a group where everybody is gossiping like crazy, you're talking about the things you were talking about, the mm-hmm. politics or the weather or something like yeah, that, right. <clears throat> and you're and you are able to be with them instead of being disgusted and mm-hmm. impatient, but you're not entering into it, mm-hmm. then it's a teaching to them. And, right. and they respect you. That's what I've found.
0: Yeah. And, and there is a definition of skillful means, which I really like, which is that skillful means is... Is helping to direct other people away from unwholesome mental states and towards mental, uh, t- towards wholesome mental states, you know. And so, that's something that you have the opportunity to do anytime you're in that, and that situation. It takes
2: skillful means. Yeah. Because, you know, in my case, it's sometimes been seen as trying to control everything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I used to, uh, well, maybe maybe thirty years ago, when I'd be in a group like that, I would just scream. Yeah. When people would go on and on and on about something, I would scream. And then everybody would stop like this, and uh, and then they'd really be mad at me, you know. I mean, the person that I screamed about naturally would be very mad and then the other people would come to me afterwards and say oh thank for doing that I was so sick of that <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and so it, it's like you have to mind be very yeah. careful <laughs> yeah
0: and, and some people are so sensitive too oh, you know boy. that uh, uh, if, if they have any sense that uh, they've been judged and found lacking you know they'll experience a lot of hurt. Whether you've met it that anger. way or not. Mm-hmm. And anger and yeah. So yeah, you have to really be careful. So, um, I'm actually feeling a bit tired so if it's okay with you tonight might end this session this evening and I'll let you continue your practice and see Thank you tomorrow you.
2: Thank you so much mm-hmm. Master Joendossi. You recorded that?
0: I did I don't think it'll go down as uh, any great Dharma talk or anything, but it's <laughs>